1: A oh, run! It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this.
0: Adidas. I'm
1: going to enter the Fat Male Experience. Fat Male Experience. Fat Male Experience. Fat Male Experience. Experience! Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 week 14 rankings debate starts since we got the entire breakdown you want by position in the breakdown you hit the time codes in the description you just want a list of ranks in chronological order you just go to dknation.com or just hit the description because all the links are down there as is the pat mayo experience listeners league the link is down there 15 dollars to play three max entry no rake thus making it the best tournament on DraftKings. so go do that right now 2500 spots this week already filling up rather quickly so go reserve your spot today and additionally what else do we have here i have the newsletter if you want the spread pick show early This week, sub to the newsletter. You'll get the spread Pick show on Tuesday evening instead of Wednesday morning. If you have time to kill on a Tuesday night, it's a great way to spend two hours. Remember to smash the like button to the episode. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network. And for all you golf fans out there who want to compete in the race for the Mayo Cup, well, go to fantasygolfchampionships.com. Registration is now open for the giant one-and-done league. It is called the race for the mayo cup and what does the mayo cup bring well five hundred thousand dollars in guaranteed money uh in the pool this year so it's 125 dollars to play for the season you have five max entry i highly suggest you go check it out is the least intensive high stakes pool you'll ever play in because you make one pick per week in golf that's it jake seeley from theathletic.com can you get behind that can i
2: get behind the golf thing yeah yeah, I did it the one year, and then the second year that I did it, I forgot one week, and by that point, I was <laughs> because I forgot the one week. You can miss, But like, I, I enjoyed you, it the one year. You
1: can miss a week or two. It's not so bad because there's plenty of weeks where you're just going to get zero anyway because maybe you was, make, make a bad pick.
2: Maybe it was the second week then. Can you really miss two,
1: though? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, play I feel it, like, put it this way. It was, I make, I make I, my picks every single week, every single year, and finish outside the money. I see people come inside the top <laughs> ten and they've missed three picks. So as long as you're picking winners – At a higher rate, it doesn't matter.
2: I think it was a combination of picking a bunch of guys, finishing in like seventh place, and then forgetting two weeks. And then I I remember checking, and I was like, oh, I'm like 30-something, and then I missed a week, and I was like, all right, well, I'm dead.
1: Yeah, I mean, that can happen as well. But fantasygolfchampionships.com, that is down in the description right now. Let's get to the running back rankings for week 14. It was a weird week when I started making the list out. I was like, huh. Really, Austin Eckler, number one. You can make a pretty compelling case for a bunch of players at number one this week if you really wanted to. So it goes Eckler, Harris, Fournette, Mixon, Madison, Montgomery, Antonio Gibson, Cordero Patterson, Elijah Mitchell, and Nick Chubb. Now, there's two... Different circumstances here. One, Elijah Mitchell is currently in concussion protocol. He may not play this week. However, if he passes, this is where I would expect him to be. If he doesn't play, I will update the rankings on DKNation.com. Don't, wor- don't worry about that. They will get upgraded. I also have, where is it, James Conner at number 12. I initially had him higher, but now there are rumblings that Chase Edmonds could be activated from injured reserve this week. Um, if I get like the steadfast news that he will not be playing this week, then I will bump up James Conner and what I think is, it's not a great matchup on paper against the Rams, but just the way he has been utilized essentially since... Cal or since Calvin Benjamin. I'm confusing Eno Benjamin. I was thinking Eno Eno Benjamin, but no, no, he's not doing anything. Ever since Chase Edmonds went out, it's all James Conner all the time, although he's not super efficient. The volume is there, he scores every single week. He's an absolute must play every single week. However, if Edmonds comes back, you know, you're probably going back to a situation where you can't not necessarily not trust either of them, but they're like low end running back twos instead of one of them being a surefire running back one.
2: Right. And yeah, it's, the volume is King when it comes to Connor specifically. and that's what I what was going to say that it would be higher. I, I, how much high, just Nick Chubb though, right behind Elijah Mitchell?
1: I would put him ahead of Nick Chubb, because as we've seen with Chubb, yeah. he's going he's to have his huge boom games. But now that both Kareem Hunt is playing once again, and now they're still working in Dearness Johnson a little bit, not much, but enough to take away from the bottom line of Nick Chubb that if he's not going to break one of these big ones, <laughs> which he seems to do like once every two weeks anyway, but if you catch like the bad Nick Chubb game, it's not good.
2: Is it because Stone Cold said so? It is because
1: Stone Cold that's the, said that's so. That's the bottom
2: line? That is the that's, bottom that's, line. That's, that's, yeah. that's why I chuckled when you said that. I don't know. That popped into my head. But I was with you. That's why I said I put him in front of Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, no matter what, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Nick Chubb just doesn't get 60% plus of the snaps. And the only person who does is Dearness Johnson when he gets the opportunity. So it's just funny how that works out. But that's at that point, when you're going to Dearness Johnson, they just had nobody else left, which is part of the reason, too. But I would agree I'd put him at 10 I'd say Connor I'd probably even if Chase Edmonds is definitely playing I'd put him behind Javante Williams and well I do think
1: if Melvin Gordon is back which I do have him in these rankings that's why Javante is at number 14 and Melvin Gordon is at number 25 but is that too big of a gap between them because that's not really how it was playing out when both of them were healthy
2: no I think that's too big of a gap in the fact that it's against Detroit and I would feel better about Melvin Gordon that's oh. really what it comes down you, to. You you would rank yeah. Gordon
1: over Javante if he plays?
2: No, 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 no. I'd, I'd rank Melvin Gordon higher. As in, the gap, I wouldn't push Javante down for the gap. I would push Melvin Gordon up. Uh, I think that, honestly, not knowing what's going on and the fact that, you know, unless we get clarity, and I know we're not there in your ranks yet, but unless we got clarity on the Dallas situation and they say, all right, now we're finally going to rest, Zeke. If they continue with this half is we talk about this a lot of times a fantasy in general too it's like stop straddling the fence make a decision one way or the other because all you do is ruin yourself when you try to play both sides of it. it's like teams in the off season when they try to still be contenders but rework the organization at the same time and they end up being the seventh seed every single year congratulations and playing the middle If they keep playing the middle, it's just going to be frustrating. We know Pollard is more explosive. Zeke looks worn down at this point of the season, and the knee is an issue. I'm bringing all that up to say if Melvin Gordon is back after the one-week rest, which sounded like he was still questionable all the way up, and that he probably, if really needed, could have pushed through it. And that's why I would say I would play him over the split. Of Dallas, and now what is uh, what the Dolph, the Washington defense is turning into the defense we thought it would be at the beginning of the season? Not top five, but playing much better of of late.
1: All they had to do was lose Chase Young, then their defense is good. Who knew? <laughs>
2: just, how did they get better with losing Chase Young?
1: that i i can't really tell you I, I have to go watch some film on that one and then i'd look at it and be like i still don't get it so it's probably a useless endeavor please don't please
2: don't ever tweet one of those like watched film i hate the watch like okay. i i'll always say like i watch games i mean that's how i make my analysis especially for college players when i do my rookie but i the, the watched film just always sounds not pretentious but uh, no, i don't know no, what it, it, sounds no,
1: like. it, it is there to sound pretentious that is exactly what okay. it is okay <laughs>
2: okay yeah. unfair you said it
1: that, that's it that that that's bottom line because stone cold said just so, say watch games is. you don't have to say film you'd be shocked at how many people both in regular football coverage fantasy football coverage betting football coverage actually watch the games it's part of part of the job very few don't watch the <laughs> surprise games. surprise it, it's only my good friend the coin who doesn't watch the games and its <laughs> picks are not great
2: that's a big ass coin dude <clears throat>
1: Oh, yeah. It has the Pat Mayo <laughs> Experience logo on it and Mayo Media on the oh, back. Oh, that's awesome. It was a nice gift from that's a friend. Awesome. Uh, to, we used to have to, well, we could never find the loony in studios that we used to flip or the quarter that we used to flip. So someone just got me an actual, it's like when you go and do the coin toss before the game, you know, you have your custom nice. coins, which I learned based on the movie Rat Race when Cuba Gooding Jr. told me that.
2: Is that, is that how you figure out whether or not Jeff should be able to talk? So you flip that? So you no, no. Continue. This is just
1: here to make picks against Tim. Who's better, Tim or the coin? And it's like 50-50. This oh, time. that's it's really, wonderful. It's really a dead heat going into it. So David Montgomery, number six. Should Josh Jacobs be up with him Or do we now worry that Kenyon Drake is officially out with this broken ankle that either Jalen Rocket or Peyton Barber start getting more involved in the passing game? Because if Jacob's going to catch like seven passes a game, he's like a top five guy.
2: He is, but it's it's not even doing a ton with it. And look, I say Josh Jacobs for looking at your ranks as you mentioned, like I would just flip flop him and Chubb just that just that's it but Elijah Mitchell's workload if he's cleared is ridiculous and being used in the passing game Cordero Patterson matchup independent Uh, Antonio Gibson's workload is insane. Damon Montgomery's workload is insane. Like, that's the thing. It's like, how much higher could you get Jacobs? And my only concern is that Jalen Rashard, who they have used in the past as a passing game option, he's been dealing with injuries and then the COVID situation, all that type of stuff. So if he's out there, I would expect him just to take the Drake role, like take the Drake, hate the Drake. I I don't think he pushes Jacobs down. I just, for all intents and purposes, this is, I think Jacobs is in a good spot with the concern of Rashard, but I would play Jacobs over Chubb at this point.
1: Okay, I can get on board with that. I'll move him up to number 10 in the rankings. You were the Jacobs guy. The past few weeks, I went from being the not Jacobs guy to the Jacobs guy all of a sudden. I don't know how that actually ended up working out, but here we are. Start catching passes on a semi-consistent basis, and you're going to be in my good books. What about Antonio Gibson? (laughs) Because it's... Pretty realistic that J.D. McKissick does play this week, right? But has Gibson now etched out this role for himself where he is just the overwhelming workhorse back and everyone else is going to be complimentary, or do we see more of what we saw earlier in the year?
2: No, I think that's that's the first, uh, because that's even before McKissick missed last week. He had already gotten to that point. They are giving him a ridiculous amount of workload, and they don't care. If I mean, again, we don't know the medical staff knows more than we do at that time off. uh, Every report out there said he needed three weeks of rest, four weeks of rest. Maybe those two weeks with that buy mixed in there, essentially two weeks. And he had a very limited game right before that, too. Maybe that got him back to 100 percent. And that was the only concern with Antonio Gibson before that was that it's the shin and he's just not 100 percent. The way that Washington is treating him, it seems like he's 100 percent. You cannot give somebody 25, 30 touches. And think that, like, the shin's going to break down because they are still legitimate play. they I, I tweeted this out after the game on Sunday. They control their own destiny. They play only division games the rest of the way. And if they win out because they played Dallas twice, if they win out, they win the division. Now, do we think that's going to happen? Probably not. But they are still at least a playoff contender on top of that. And I'm saying it to say this. If you're a playoff contender like the Cowboys and you say, all right, we're not going to get zeke 100 so let's limit him the rest of the way you would think washington would say the same thing like all right we'll win better with gibson than to lose him completely the way they're treating him seems like he's fine i don't think mckissick is enough of a factor to worry i think where you have him with or without mckissick is in a great spot and you could legitimately argue antonio gibson over david Montgomery. you could legitimately argue Antonio Gibson over Joe Mixon, even though he came back into that game, just because is Joe Mixon 100%? I, we still have to wait to see, but he's in that conversation.
1: The rest of the guys down this list, like the basically, what is it, like 13 to 23 is just filled with guys who are kind of injured. So Aaron Jones looks like he's going to be fine coming off the injury, ended up returning bye week. He should be good to go against Chicago, though I'm curious to know what the split between he and AJ Dillon is going to be Javante with Melvin Gordon in the rankings. I have it 14. He'd be top 10 or like potentially top five. If Melvin Gordon was to miss the week, James Robinson, was injured but he played but Carlos Hyde scored the touchdown but Carlos Hyde also fumbled then they went to James Robinson score. <laughs> Daryl Henderson was active but didn't play I assume he's gonna be fine this week if he was activated last week and I do think that the Rams just go back to him 100% of the time Saquon just kind of sucks although it's a great matchup I don't know what's going on with him and Jake Fromm is now st- starting at quarterback Jake Fromm Jake Fromm there we go DeAndre Swift I don't know if he's going to play or not so I put him into the <laughs> rankings I put him at 18 Alan Alvin Kamara, Kamara, I don't know if he's going to I don't play. know if he's going to play but it's against the Jets but it's going to be Taysom Hill at quarterback who doesn't throw to his running backs and is apt to like poach touchdowns at the goal line he's number 19 Zeke we don't know if he's going to play then you got Pollard at number 21 <laughs> and if Pollard is the lead back he's like fringe top 10 I'd play him over Nick Chubb at that point if Ezekiel Elliott would be out then we'd all get fired up for Tony Pollard and then he wouldn't be any good because he's better as a role player and he can't really block in the backfield so maybe they bring in someone else to protect Dak if they have to throw the entire time against Washington Clyde Edwards-Alaire was back into a split with Daryl Williams in terms of like receiving routes and just overall snap share against the Broncos like man we're one week away from the fantasy playoffs this isn't good news
2: uh, so uh, uh, two things. One is that's the longest run on sentence I've ever think I've heard in my life because <laughs> I don't think there's a a period in there. And then two. So just move on to wide receiver. Is that what we're doing? Because the rankings are irrelevant until we find out well, everything well, and they're well, going to change on Thursday. <laughs>
1: because I want to talk to two specific scenarios for you here. One actually. Well, involves- one is you
2: buried the lead. You buried the lead with Urban Meyer. I probably shouldn't have played him. Yes, I did bench him. As a that was just came out today. That yes, I sent a message to bench him. I'm paraphrasing. So wait, you bench him to send a message? You shouldn't have played him at the end of the game. The offensive coordinator has a rotation that you were trying to stick to, but like he wasn't 100%. Get this guy the hell away from football, man. <laughs>
1: It's not I really great. almost just so, dropped
2: the f bomb on your show.
1: I know. I can't believe. It. I mean, you're you're free to do so. I don't really care, but uh, I know. But but, know, but it's just, you. You, know, you, you got to keep up your high moral. Standing. I got the f u out of my mouth. There you go. <laughs> least I got the fun and then stopped. So, like, what do I do with all these guys? Obviously, the rest of the week will tell the story, and I'll have the uh, rankings updated the entire time. Whenever we get some concrete news, but let's say let's just start with Kamara. Kamara is active let's say and Taysom Hill is starting although apparently I mean that's kind of indicative of how good you are as a quarterback that someone takes like a mallet to your hand and smashes all your fingers on your throwing hand it's like oh no he can play don't worry about him (laughs) uh but Ingram's going to be live too but like Taysom didn't check down to his running backs at all that's how you want to properly utilize Alvin Kamara he might end up with 20 touches that'd be great and he'd be much higher in these rankings if that was the case but if he has like 13 touches and no catches and Taysom Hill is stealing away goal line touches what are we doing here
2: yeah, uh, that's exactly this is what we have to be concerned about. He's essentially Nick Chubb, worse, because he doesn't even get the passing game. Like, he gets zeros. <laughs> like, go back to earlier this year where that was even happening with Jameis Winston. We was getting zeros in the passing game. So it's how much can Kamara do on the ground? I think a little bit more than 19 because it is the Jets and Kamara is Kamara. And I think if they waited this long, he's probably close to 100%, similar to what we just saw with the Kyler. Cardinals. All that yeah. game... Game time decision for Kyler Murray. And yeah, they waited this long. They were 100% they were ready to roll. So, Kamara, I'd play over Henderson, not knowing what's going on with that. And McVeigh's been very dodgy about that situation now, saying that Sonny Michelle gets on a roll and maybe they should be smarter about Daryl Henderson's touches to keep him healthy, but Daryl Henderson's still proving that he can be the lead, and then we go back to Urban Meyer, so I would put Kamara at 15 in front of those two situations, but that's as high as I would I wouldn't play even with Melvin Gordon, I wouldn't play him over Javante, I wouldn't play him over Jones, and those are split backfield situations as well, because, again, Mark Mark Ingram's not going to completely go away and not be a thorn in Kamara's side on top of it.
1: So would you play him over Swift and Barkley as well?
2: I think i go higher. I would play him over Swift. I don't know how healthy Swift is and not a great matchup. Uh, and this is going to give Anthony Lynn his opening to go back to the split backfield as he always loves. I mean, he actually even split the backfield somewhat with the safety last week that I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. Barkley looked good. The problem is, is Barkley also has a Crap, crap offensive line that he was running into the back of the offensive lineman not because he's Trent Richardson but because the offensive line sucks and they can't get it out of his own way they can't get it out of their own way if you go back to earlier this year where they were blocking each other They're, the offensive line is trash that said this is the best possible matchup you can find for running backs it took Joe Mixon some time in that game but it happened somebody much even looked good in that game so I would play Barkley over James Robinson And that situation, and I would uh, – Barkley-Kamara would be the toss-up, but I would play both of them over dealing with Jacksonville, dealing with Detroit. and dealing with who's the other one in this conversation because you took him out and now it, I can't
1: it, it's Daryl Henderson I was going to drop him down because it just Henderson. you know listen these rankings are very fluid it just occurred to me that that's a Monday night game so your options are going to yes. be very limited on Monday evening if he doesn't She'll end wait. up playing so that that hurts his overall ranking for the week because it has to be who am I going to start who am I going to sit and if you have to make that decision at 1 p.m eastern that's on Arizona. Sunday, what's that sorry
2: and it's Arizona's defense, too, who's been pretty good this year.
1: Yeah, it's terrible against the run, but no one can run on them because they're always up in No, true. But, right. No, but, with Henderson, but it's yeah, more, it's more of a is he going to play, what is his situation type of deal. So maybe we bump him down below Melvin Gordon, put him at, like, number 26 until we know for sure. Henderson? Yeah.
2: No, see, that's where, because you just brought it up, this, that's why the pass catching, I believe more in Henderson in the pass catching than I do in Sonny Michelle. So uh, would you go, so okay, where I was going go
1: Cl- Clyde Edwards-Alaire, or like you're sitting there Sunday, I need to play one of these guys, we don't know exactly. I would play Clyde
2: Edwards-Alaire, I, I wouldn't wait.
1: Okay, would you play Devonta Freeman?
2: Yes, because I wouldn't wait. So this comes down to, the, th- now this comes down to the situation, and I have this at the top of my rankings as a link I discussed long ago, and I just re- posted at the top so everybody can see this when it comes down to waiting the, the very simple one is if you can't risk a zero if you have if you have daryl henderson and nobody else in that game you can't wait now if you have daryl henderson and obviously son of michelle will be the easy answer but daryl henderson and you're going to play him with your flex and your backup plan is aj green This is what it comes down to. And this is what we say all the time. And I I know you agree with this, but this comes down to, do you need the safe play? If you need the safe play, evaluate your roster, not your opponents, evaluate your own roster. And then you play Freeman. Easy answer. If you need the highest ceiling, you wait, you hope you get Henderson. And if not, you go with the boom bust wide receiver who could potentially get you two, but he could potentially get you 15. It comes down to evaluating your roster, though. Please don't look at projections on any app, on any site or whatever it might be. Just evaluate your roster.
1: All right, so the, I've made the switch up in the ranks, and I guess I have to bump. I mean, up. they're
2: like all over the place now. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I have to bump up Melvin Gordon as well, right? Uh, Melvin, Melvin Gordon, yeah, that's... Melvin Gordon or I'd James. I say over Cream
2: Hunt, but not that's it.
1: Oh, just Kareem Hunt.
2: Uh, I want <sighs> Actually, you know what? The thing is, is I would play Edwards Alaire over the Cowboy situation. Yeah, I would. You just you uh, you run on the Raiders. Yeah, just but... every running back just destroy them.
1: I'm, I would. I'm not down with Clyde edwards Uh He's he, okay. it, it, I mean, I don't actually have this decision to make on any of my teams. I don't own Clyde edwards alaire <laughs> but uh, I think I would just go with Tony Pollard. Just be like, yeah, at least, at least I know he's going to get his nine touches, and he's going to be like good on all nine of his touches. Who knows what the Chiefs are up to? <laughs> like their offense doesn't look uh, good anymore. By the way,
2: no, it, it doesn't. It's it was because nobody can catch the ball, which compounds the fact that. That, look, Mahomes barely trusts anybody, and then when they drop the ball on top of it, why do you think he doesn't trust anybody? Because outside of Hill and Kelsey, and then Hill was dropping his own passes in that game. I, For my ranks, I would do Edwards-Alaire over both Cowboys and Melvin Gordon, and then both Cowboys. So it would be Edwards-Alaire, Melvin Gordon, Cowboys, Freeman for me. They're all very tightly grouped if you wanted to say what you just said, and like, I'm not doing it, and this is how—I'm not going to sit here and debate this for— an hour because they're all like in that same conversation.
1: Okay, so I've readjusted the ranking. So now it goes Nick Chubb at number 11, James Connor, Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, Saquon Barkley. Then Alvin Kamara at 16, Swift Robinson, Zeke Pollard at 19 and 20. Into Clyde Edwards Allaire at number 21, Freeman, Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, Daryl Henderson at number 25, AJ Dillon at 26, Amir Abdullah, Chuba Hubbard, and Dontrell Hilliard. Now, We talked about the Abdullah Hubbard situation last week. I do think that this is potentially a better outcome game for Chuba Hubbard, probably the last one left on the schedule because it's against Atlanta. However, in a tightly contested game, I would still want the pass-catching running back as long as Cam is playing quarterback because where's the upside with Hubbard? The Cam's going to steal his touchdowns? Great. So you can ride Chuba Hubbard to six points. He'll have 13 carries for 60 yards, and that's going to be it, at least with Abdullah. He could end up with like five for 55 out of the backfield, potentially score a touchdown that way, and his are going to have to come from a little bit deeper down the field. So I like Abdullah marginally over Chuba Hubbard. I would have Dontrell Hilliard higher if I didn't think that McNichols was going to be back this week.
2: Mm, I can see that. I think the nickel situation clouds that even more. Uh, I'm with you on Carolina, as we talked about uh, before. I, I think that Abdullah feels better just because pass catcher, and if somebody's going to be hurt by getting the vulture touchdowns, it's going to be Hubbard more than Abdullah. And Cam Newton's not Taysom Hill. Cam Newton knows how to throw to running backs. Cam Newton was there when Christian McCaffrey went ballistic. So everybody's always like, "Oh, Cam can't." He's not the best. He's not he doesn't target him 25% of the time like Philip Rivers used to, but he's not bad at throwing to running back. So I think that Abdullah over Hubbard feels better. If Hubbard falls into the end zone, that's going to change everything. Very similar, but more clouded is, you know, I would say Hilliard is the Abdullah here and Deonta Foreman is the Hubbard, although Deonta Foreman doesn't have to deal with Cam. You hope they have a lead for Deonta Foreman to get more touches, but yes, if McNichols plays I mean, now you're possibly looking at the Seahawks backfield, you know, which is basically the Seahawks backfield is just the shinier Texans backfield. And <laughs> actually, you know what? The Texans are down to two. The Te- Seahawks and the Titans now have more options than they do.
1: I actually put David Johnson in my rankings for this week, uh, although I put Burkhead as the highest guy. At the, the problem is, even with two guys, you still can't play any of them because they're all terrible.
2: Yeah, that's the, Yeah, you're not touching that backfield either.
1: Yeah, so the, the Titans one, Hilliard's the only one that I would give a shot to uh i mean he's quick he can catch passes and this is a better matchup for like sort of the ground and pound running back in which would be donta foreman but They kept running the ball for no reason and splitting against the Patriots anyway two weeks ago. So I don't know what the hell they're up to. And then everyone else is like, I mean, Tevin Coleman against New Orleans. I mean, Ty Johnson played the most snaps because they were down by so much and had to pass towards the end of that game. But when it was close, it was all Tevin Coleman. If you think this is going to be a close game, Tevin Coleman's probably going to be the lead. But regardless of how bad the Saints defense gets, they're still really good against the run. It's like, I still have Breda the highest of... The Bills running backs, because you can't run against Tampa, they're going to have to pass. And, I mean, outside of the fumble, uh early on Monday Night Football, I mean, they weren't trying to throw to running backs at all. They just wanted to run up the gut, as everyone did in that game, and that's not Matt Breida's game. When you're passing all the time and passing to your running backs, that's where they're going to utilize Brena. Uh
2: Yeah, although I don't want to touch that backfield at all. The interesting thing was, uh, this was in my waiver column, because I tweeted out yesterday, is the in- Tevin Coleman, for week 13, was second in yards after contact at 5.1. And that's only with, and this is why I put this as context on the tweet, with only 17 yards being his longest run. Like, Pollard led the way at 8.7 yards after contact, but most of it came because of that 58-yard run. He didn't have a lot of carries. Tevin Coleman, double-digit carries, longest run 17 yards, and averaged 5.1 after contact. And I'm not saying slam him in your lineups against the Saints, but The volume and the work and the fact that Tevin Coleman, like Devonta Freeman, look like the guys that we knew three years ago, I think he's at least like a fringy RB2 where you have him. I'm only saying that to say is I think where you have Tevin Coleman's in a good spot. Yeah, Tevin Coleman. I'd actually probably even have him a little bit higher.
1: Would you go Coleman over Dontrell Hilliard? Yes. Okay, would you go Coleman over either of the Carolina guys? Over the Carolina
2: guys? I would go over the Carolina guys for floor.
1: Okay, so you'd have him behind A.J. Dillon at number 27 then.
2: Mm, that's a good spot, too. Like, that's. I think he's got a little bit more upside than AJ Dillon. Yeah, but I think. But I actually riskier. think that AJ Dillon. a lot riskier.
1: Yeah, he's a lot riskier. And I, I don't know if he has more upside than AJ Dillon because if things break right for the Packers, AJ Dillon scores like three touchdowns. And that, I mean, can the Jets. Uh, well, I'm, the, the Jets' ceiling is. It's Aaron Jones fast. is back, though. No, I understand that, but. It does seem like, I mean, even before Aaron Jones got hurt, that A.J. Dillon was just playing a lot more than he had been the first few weeks of the season, that he's going to have... Lot a lot more. A lot more, and... But he's Aaron gonna,
2: Jones was still 60-40.
1: Sure, but he's also, I mean, you're just dealing with a much better offense to begin with, uh, okay. where you know the access to more points is going to be there. Like, if A.J. Dillon scored three touchdowns, even with Aaron Jones in the game, it's a really outlier outcome for what could happen in the Sunday Night football game but you wouldn't be shocked if te- if the Jets scored four touchdowns you would be shocked
2: sure <laughs> if the jet I mean if the Jets scored zero touchdowns I wouldn't be shocked <laughs> no, no, so that's more likely yeah that's a more
1: likely outcome than Aaron Jones scoring three <laughs> touchdowns it, it kind of seems yeah. so uh that's right. that's the reason why I would still like the floor of AJ Dillon. plus he's actually been he, he's being utilized in the passing game a lot more, which kind of stuns me. But ever since Aaron Jones went out and then Aaron Jones came back, they were still throwing to Dylan, which was nice to see.
2: Yeah, that's one of the underrated things about A.J. Dillon this year is he's a decent pass catcher, better than people realized. Uh, Similar to Damian Harris. So I think they have a, a decent parallel between them.
1: Last guy I want to talk about with Elijah Mitchell in concussion protocol, Trey Sermon placed mm. on injured reserve, Kyle Shanahan coming out on Tuesday morning and saying that Jeff Wilson Junior dealing with some sort of knee injury. Is this all kind of like Moses parting the Red Sea for Jamaica Hasty to get a bunch <laughs> of run this weekend?
2: No, because if Debo Samuel's back, he's gonna get fifteen carries. But
1: we but we don't know if he's gonna be back <laughs> or not. I don't know if Sam, it like week one like missing a week because of a groin injury, not sure whether or not he's going to play that's like, hey Debo, here are ten carries out of the backfield. I don't know if they want to do that.
2: It's Shanahan. He also had Elijah Mitchell looking like he just finished a twelve round fight and then being like, Oh, he was clear, let's put him back in the game. Like <laughs> These guys put guys out there. I'm just saying, yeah, sure, Jermichael Hasty. I would also be interested to see if they bring in somebody similar. They bring in uh, Jacques Patrice again, and no, they see like, but no,
1: isn't isn't he on Carolina now?
2: No, I I said like a Jacques oh, like Patrice, I, like I, we I... did earlier. Th- yeah, like we did earlier this year. The, the point being is Jermichael Hasty is not a twenty touch guy. I mean, maybe Shanahan disagrees, but he's just not a twenty touch guy. He's t- he's change of pace pass catcher. Would it shock me if he gave him 20 touches similar to the Jets situation? No, because Shanahan just makes running backs good. So let's say Elijah Mitchell's out. Let's say Debo Samuel doesn't return this week. Then depending on who they sign, which I don't think will probably be too relevant to knock him down that much, I think you would have to play Jermichael Hasty into the top 20.
1: Yeah, like right around I mean, like probably I'd probably play him over the Dallas Kamara? guys. If if I knew I was gonna say over if, the if, if, over if I, that. If I knew there was no Mitchell and there was no Debo and it was just Hasty and a banged up Wilson, although you could probably make a pretty compelling case for Wilson that he scores the touchdowns there, can't to you?
2: I might not even be Wilson though, because he aggravated the injury. It's the same situation. So if you I mean you throw no Wilson on top of this, hell. Jamichael Hasty over Swift Robinson and you start talking about Hasty alongside of barkley and Camara
1: so what we're saying is that he'd be a very good play at four, thousand dollars on draftkings
2: uh he would be the chalk king of the world if he <laughs> That's really...
1: but it's one of these things where we're probably not gonna, it's, it's I believe it's a later year or is it the early game in Cincinnati it's the early game in Cincinnati no I right? think it's early it's early right? so, yeah so you're going to no know... Cincinnati
2: got pushed Cincinnati got pushed to four.
1: All right, so th- this actually works out really well. Uh, a lot like people who stuck with Sony Michelle last week in their lineups on DraftKings uh, because of the Henderson news came out. I, I just, I mean, it seemed like a lot of people just kept rolling with Sony Michelle regardless. I was hoping that everyone would get off of him, and then it turned out fine that if we don't know all of this news, like who is for sure active, who is for sure inactive that that's a very easy swap to make onto Jamichael Hasty if all these guys are out. It takes a very specific situation for this to come to fruition, but it really could. He's probably even like, no one's, I doubt many people are going to go pick him up on waivers once waiver wire is clear. Like once free agency starts, just go add him to your bench because more likely than not, it's worthless. But in the 15% chance all these guys are out, he's someone you want to start this week.
2: Right. And that's the big thing. And then if you're looking at 4 p.m., I mean, you have this situation. uh, And if you're waiting for it, I'm trying to think like, I mean, we are going to have Detroit in this. Yeah, you got the Denver situation. You have the Detroit situation. Uh, I mean, and then, of course, as you mentioned, yeah, that there's a lot of options to open up if you want to wait for this situation to clear up, too
1: yeah and I mean you can utilize it in your flex you can if you're down on running backs you can utilize it in your like running back two spot if you really wanted to I always prefer to have more outs in these situations so whether it is Daryl Henderson or someone that's a bit iffy that you're trying to use in the later set of games put them in your flex to give yourself the AJ Green out go pick up Zach Ertz or something like that if you actually need to go fill in that spot just running back leaves you so limited in that regard i I actually look out for Jim Michael Hasty on prize picks this week too to see what his like low over unders are going to be and see if they throughout the week if you haven't played on prize picks yet i highly suggest that you do it the link is down in the description um you deposit 100 bucks you get an extra 100 bucks so you're already up 100 bucks if you use code mmn or just sign up through our link but realistically you want to play in the pat or not the pat mayo experience the mmn the mayo media network prize picks prop pool that's just five picks (laughs) from sunday (laughs) <laughs> 7 dollars and 11 cents has to be your entry you win 10 times your money if you get all five right plus you get a bonus 50 bucks so you get 17 times your money if you go five for five uh, it is the best multiplier you can find on any site pricepix.com, code mmn to get that deposit bonus how did you choose which internet service provider to use the sad thing is most of us have very little choice because isps operate like monopolies in the regions that they serve They use this monopoly power to take advantage of customers. Data caps, streaming throttles, and the list goes on. But worst of all, many ISPs log your internet activity and sell that data to other big tech companies or advertisers. To prevent ISPs from seeing my internet activity, I protect all of my devices with ExpressVPN. So what is ExpressVPN? It's a simple app for your computer or smartphone that encrypts all your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server. So... That your ISP cannot see any of your activity. Just think about how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, the list of people you've messaged, sites you've visited, and the videos you've watched get tracked by tech giants who sell your information for profit. That's the reason I recommend ExpressVPN as the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP. Just download the app, tap one button on your device, and you're protected. And ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection. That's why it's rated the number one VPN service by Business Insider and The Verge. So stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and offer tech giants who mine your activity and sell off your information. Protect yourself with a VPN I trust to keep me private online. Visit expressvpn.com slash mayo. That's e x p r. E-SSvPN.com slash mayo to get three extra months free go to expressvpn.com slash mayo right now to learn more our next partner has a product I literally use every day I started taking athletic greens because I didn't have a ton of time in the morning and I wanted to get The proper nutrition to help me optimize my immune system, which frankly over the past three weeks uh, where I've been sick, it has really got me through the day to make sure that I get those essential nutrients to get better quickly. And it's really worked because I don't want to take pills every single day and I wanted a supplement that actually tastes really good and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. So I've been taking it now for about five weeks and I absolutely love it and it doesn't taste like it's super healthy, which is kind of nice because we all know that like super healthy stuff usually tastes like absolute trash. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is it? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics to help you start your day right. Instead of instinctively starting my day off with an espresso or a coffee every single day, I just use Athletic Greens right now, and it costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements by yourself, which is great because I don't have the know-how or time to go get all the stuff for myself, and it does support my mental clarity. and gives me alertness. It supports my better quality sleep, which has really been the key factor in me getting better. It's just making sure that when I go to sleep, I stay asleep, and actually have a good sleep, and Athletic Greens is really helping that out for me right now. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop. In a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support and vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mayo. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash mayo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So let's talk Receivers. The good guys are back. That's always nice this week. So we have uh, Devontae Adams. He's circling up near number one. He's not number one, but he's circling up there. Cooper Cup remains number one. Justin Jefferson, especially without Adam Thielen now, is number two. That's going to be on Thursday night. Deontay Johnson at number four. CeeDee Lamb, Tyree Kill, Stephen Diggs, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin at eight and nine because Antonio Brown is now out until at least December 26 because of the fake Vax suspension. T Higgins, (laughs) number 10. It's funny how quickly Higgins and Chase can flip only because yep. of their their deep ball prowess like chase earlier on in the season it felt like he didn't drop a pass that was over 40 yards to him he just caught them all and went to the house and now he can't catch any of them and <laughs> t higgins couldn't catch any of them and now he catches all of them so H- higgins is on his run higgins number 10 i do have jamar chase at number 17 because of that upside but it does feel like higgins is just the safer play right now
2: yeah right now the volume's there too and that's that's the end Interesting part about it. That's a few weeks ago. It was like I wasn't that concerned about Higgins. Now I wasn't saying Higgins was going to be ten and Chase was going to be seventeen, but it was like this is people were people wanted to drop outright drop Higgins in fantasy leagues, but the volume but was still there. Are so
1: idiots people are inexperienced they're not idiots no they're experienced. no i mean when you combine idiocy (laughs) with inexperience now we're in a whole different world but you know people are dumb that's just that tim that's (laughs) andercust no tim is too smart for his own good he's he's galaxy that is
2: true i was gonna say yeah he's the exact opposite he's bizarro yeah idiot
1: yeah he's like (laughs) iq 175 can't figure out how to tie his shoes type smart (laughs) (laughs) touche Uh, so yeah, I like Higgins. I got McLaurin at number eleven. Although everything's been kind of on a dip since Washington started getting good, no Logan Thomas uh, anymore. At least for remar-
2: this- he's remarkably inconsistent this year, Terry and McLaurin.
1: It's really I think teams basically like quadruple cover up now. They're just like, yeah, we'll take away the one guy who can score 80-yard touchdowns and see what you can do, and it's working for Washington. You're
2: not wrong. And that was the whole reason they signed Curtis Samuel. And maybe, you know, Curtis Samuel's snaps the past two weeks have been almost nothing because he's finally back from injury. And now maybe this forces the issue with Logan Thomas that he started. they needed a number two and Logan Thomas was out there briefly. The list start to open things up again. And you saw the up and down as we just saw on Logan Thomas exits. So you're not wrong. It's the Hawkinson situation. It's the Kyle Pitt situation. It's just when you only have one legitimate passing weapon, why not triple team? Like, what are you losing by triple teaming them? Nothing. Good. Go ahead. Let Cam Sims try to catch a touchdown.
1: So McLaurin, I still have at number eleven because that big play ability. And when the good games come, it's like eight for one forty-five and two touchdowns kind of thing. Yeah, and there are very, f- yeah, there are very few players who can kind of replicate that sort of upside. And the floor isn't like horrendous; it's just not as high as it's been in previous years. I have Mike Williams at number twelve, Ayuk at thirteen. This assumes that there is no Debo Samuel this week because i don't think that he's going to play obviously he plays i will adjust don't worry about that mike williams is a trickier situation because keenan allen is currently on the covid list but it happened so early in the week that we actually have seen guys come back from the covid list he is i I believe the way that brandon staley was talking is that he's vaxxed if he does the double negative test he's going to be fine for sunday although it's a bit trickier because he won't be able to practice so i put mike williams at number 12 uh, iuke at 13 both those guys would follow if it was like confirmed i have allen in the rankings i just have him a bit because of the risk factor involved lockett at 14 renfro at 15 hopkins jamar chase dj moore hollywood brown and keenan allen at number 20 like i said he's on the COVID list we have to monitor his situation as we go forward hollywood brown is suffering from jamar chase syndrome right now where the first six <laughs> weeks of the year everything not, not that he was catching every deep pass possible but he was catching a lot of deep passes because they were just going to him so often just the ravens offense looks kind of broken right now it's it's th- as uh I think it was Andrew Kessler when I was watching the games, either Andrew Custer or Paul who pointed out it's like the Ravens have one third down play. It's throw it up to Mark Andrews and hopefully he catches it. That's their third down play.
2: <laughs> they also have zero answers for pressure right now. It's just I don't know if this is the coaching staff. I don't know if it's Lamar Jackson. I don't know if it's both of them. Uh, they just let. Blitzers come free, and I don't know if it's because they just think Lamar Jackson is going to take off and can take off running, so let them do that because that'll open up a 40-yard run, but it's not working as well because they're also kind of bringing the blitzers from further outside, so it forces Lamar Jackson to do one of his rollout, run back, and then, and then as you mentioned, turns around, heaves it up to the back of the end zone, gets intercepted instead of getting Mark Andrews, and it's happening a lot. As you mentioned on third down, it's happening even more. Something needs to get fixed, right? And part of the reason, as you said, with Marquise Brown is he's had drop issues before. we talked about drop issues with Brown earlier this year. At the same time, not every single ball has been as catchable as it has been earlier this year because of what's going on with the offense. Uh, Where you have Marquise Brown is a fair spot to put him. I would say the problem is, is the people behind him, it's tough to push him lower. We talked about the Allen situation, but Elijah Moore now goes up against the saints with no Corey Davis. Now he gets Lattimore and that defense. So you have to worry about that. And the fact that this quarterback is still Zach Wilson, despite what he did last week, Claypool's got the turf toe. Metcalf's got a broken offense and a broken finger. Although Russell Wilson's starting to come back around. I think I might go DK Metcalf. I'd probably, put. I'd probably go Metcalf at 19. I think he's coming back. He what was at 60 yards last week. He had a touchdown that Russell Wilson barely floated on him. That could have happened. You got stopped um, at the water. But then, you know, I actually like, do you have Tyrod or do you have Davis Mills in your ranks? Davis Mills. I think that's a good thing for Brandon Cooks. Not that I would push him higher. I just, th- I actually think that's a good thing for Brandon Cooks because volume, volume, volume for Brandon Cooks. Let him get eight and only catch three or four, but at least he's getting eight versus five. So I, that's just the sidebar is that I think Brandon Cooks is there. Murray Cooper's tough. I, I feel like he should be higher, but at the same time,
1: He's untrustworthy. I don't hate right the now. ranking. Like, yeah, he's yes, at 25. he is. Like, it, it, it it's really tough coming off. COVID seems like it hit him pretty hard, versus yeah. a lot of other people. like really like the, he was. I mean, he was. Although that
2: one play, I mean, he wasn't. He stayed in right after that too. Like, he wasn't even gassed initially. Like, I don't know if it wore him down as the game went on because we saw less and less of him, but he looked fine at the beginning of that game.
1: I agree. I I don't know what the issue. I mean, that has to be the issue. Doesn't it? Like that, he can't. His overall conditioning, maybe just another week off is fine. Now he's got it all back up. He's completely healthy and the conditioning is back to where it was, but it was very clear that he didn't have 60 minute cardio. He was like that. He was like a UFC fighter who needs to win in round one or it's a game. over.
2: <laughs> get the knockout in round one. If he can make it to round two, the other guy wins yeah. that, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it does affect everybody differently. I mean, I, I just found out recently that my dentist thought that I had. I didn't even know if I did. I still don't know if I did, but thought I had COVID because my gums swole up and like apparently that's a side effect. So maybe he just did get hit with the you're talking about the people who said I couldn't even get out of bed for three days and maybe that's just what he got hit with
1: yeah uh van jefferson at number 26 uh after amari cooper darnell mooney jarvis landry josh reynolds russell gage number 30 i have kj osborne at number 31 i really like Like it KJ Osborne this week I wrote this up in the newsletter which everyone can go subscribe to it's free it's down in the uh description of the video and podcast right now but essentially he scored in three of his past four games with five or more targets there's no Adam Thielen this could be a potentially high scoring game and his like down the stretch Rams and Packers in week 16 and week 17 like those are going to be high scoring games you would think at least like those other offenses are going to score points so Minnesota's gonna have to play catch up no Thielen and It's weird because Minnesota sort of operates – like the, I, the two examples that I always use are the old Oakland teams with Crabtree and Amari Cooper and the old Denver teams with Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Like, you know where the ball is going in this offense. Mm-hmm. Minnesota is pretty predictable. They're going to throw to Jefferson. If it's not going to Jefferson, it's going to go to Osborne or Conklin, or they're going to run with Madison. Like there's no, like D.D. Westbrook is going to get like a target. He's not going to get six targets out of nowhere. It's a pretty controlled <laughs> offense, and that's really good news for K.J. Osborne.
2: Yeah, and that's what we want. There's very few teams that are like that. You know, if Russell Wilson was healthy, I mean, it'd just be. Well, Carson's out, so that you need. That's even one less. You just worry about the two wide receivers. Yeah, the end. yeah don't worry then, about the backfield.
1: But then you, you got to worry about like Jerry Everett, and Dwayne Eskridge. Gerald Everett, the king of. No, did he finish because in the bottom when they this get week? theirs? Did he finish in the week? I think he did. Week? Good for him.
2: I think he did because what I was going to say is even when they get a touchdown, it doesn't really take away from DK Metcalf entire locket. Most of the time It's like, that's, that's the point. You say controlled offense, funneled offense. You can, can, whatever you want to get the name of is that that's what we like here. And it's very attractive. That's I'm with you on Osborne. I can see him finishing even higher than this. And what it really comes down to is what, what version of the Pittsburgh defense shows up. Cause Pittsburgh one since similar Cincinnati one week, it's like, Oh my God, top five, they're destroying the opponents. Nobody can get anything going. They won 20 to 13. The next week, it's like, oh, my God, it's 37 to 30, and it's only the third quarter. What the hell's going on? So if the good Pittsburgh defense shows up, it might be a little bit of a struggle for Kirk Cousins and this offense. But if the bad one shows up, I mean, Osborne can conceivably finish inside the top 20.
1: I think that we're going to get, I got to figure out where it's going to be, but because there was no offense in that Monday night game that we're going to get another situation where people see like snow or it's cold out in one of these games and people completely avoid it. But the Monday night game was such an outlier for how it actually affected. And it was all mainly wind related. Like that was a wind problem. That wasn't a snow problem. That wasn't a cold problem. That was a wind problem. That It's not going to really make that big of a difference for your season long leagues, but for like DraftKings or prop betting or just game betting, that there's going to be one of these like colder games where it's snowing out that we can really take advantage because there's going to be a ton of points in it.
2: You're right, and I, I have that as part of that link, too. I call it 15, 25, 35 because it's easy to remember. 15 plus wins starts to affect a little. 35 and below starts to affect a little. The biggest one of the three is 25 plus wins. I mean, the, the graphs are in there. And then when you couple 25 win- plus wins, plus the 35 degrees that's when you really get the concern so it's not the cold on its own and the cold on its own as LaShawn mccoy has proven a lot of times helps the running backs uh, just because people don't like getting hit and they, you know that how many times have you banged your finger when it's cold and be like oh my god it hurts like 10 times worse but yeah you're right is don't overreact to the cold if you get some snow with wind with wind is the major part here with wind is what affects the passing game
1: so 31 to 40 in full KJ Osborne at number 31. It's unfortunate that he's not on the main slate on DraftKings. He's on Thursday night. Cause that'd um, be a great way to save some gish Cole Beasley, Marcus Valdez, Scantling Sunday night, Sterling Shepard. Eh, just, I throw him in every week and then he doesn't play, but he's 34. Michael Gallup, <laughs> Jerry, Judy, Traquan Smith, AJ green, Deshaun Jackson, and Gabriel Davis. Gabe Davis seems like he's passed Emmanuel Sanders as guy. Oh, who yeah. does things in bills, in the bills offense.
2: I said, oh, yeah, because uh, four weeks ago, question mark, uh, you can go back the waiver rank. I said Emmanuel Sanders is droppable. His, Emmanuel Sanders hadn't done anything outside of his touchdown games. And then now that Gabe Davis is, like you said, on his heels. Oh, by the way, go back up. You you didn't say Mooney Tunes. That's my still my favorite nickname you came up with this year. But oh, anyway, oh, uh, yeah.
1: Mooney Tunes? Yeah.
2: I mean, You got to say that every time.
1: I, I hit the over on my guy, Demir Bird, this weekend because the Birdman. He's running. He's running a ton of routes. Jakeem you? Grant had a bunch of catches for the Bears. I don't know what the hell the Bears offered. Oh,
2: uh, that was the weather too. That was weather too. You got to remember. It was, that was sleeting, and that was keeping the passing game short. It was also matchup too. It was matchup slash weather. Yeah, you also Andy, Andy.
1: Dalton sucks, so that doesn't help.
2: I mean that that also comes on top of it. I mean I can't look how gross wide receiver gets
1: already. I know this is it, like, it's really bad. Well, you have to think like Indy's on by. The Patriots are on by. The Dolphins are on by. And we could just mm-hmm. start potentially. Yeah, but you could use Kendrick Bourne or Jacoby Myers. Like, they could be a wide receiver three or four for you. Like, you're just taking those options off the board. Devontae Parker. Devontae had... Smith is on a bye. Devontae Smith is on a bye. But, like, even Devontae Parker just returned. He was, like, a plausible flex play if you wanted to. I think their offense is so much better when he is out there. Like, he brings the one dimension sure. to the Dolphins' offense that they were really missing. So, it's it's nice to see him back healthy. If only Fuller. Could I, I don't think he's ever coming back, but if he could get back, like he would be perfect. I can see what now I can see in my head, like when you see like the steps that Tua has taken this year, and as the pieces start coming back, their offense does make a little bit more sense to me now.
2: Yeah. That's, uh, you, you know, I was campaigning like people stop crucifying two of it's like, he's the worst thing ever. And it's his fault. And he's not any good and move on and trade for Deshaun Watson, all that type of stuff. Like, let this team build an offense around him. Let, let us see how accurate he is and how good he could be. So I'm saying that also trying to look down your rankings and see if I want to make a case for anybody because I have that is that your next question and I feel like you're gonna be like anybody else you want to make a case for yeah I, feel like you would say I mean
1: that. if you do think that Lattimore takes out Elijah Elijah more than Jamison Crowder should theoretically have a good game
2: and intriguing He should but I mean it's still we're relying on Zach Wilson. And yep. even last week, Jameson Crowder didn't even do much. And Zach Wilson had an okay game. Zach Wilson finished with more fantasy points than Patrick
1: Mahomes. Yay! Uh, uh, Sammy <laughs> Watkins is playing over Bateman right now. It seems. Uh, Byron Bateman's
2: uh, not just that. Duvernay played over Bateman.
1: Yeah, what's going on? Is Bateman hurt again?
2: Uh, maybe? Question mark. I don't know. Maybe they just they didn't see enough. Maybe they they saw too many mistakes. We don't know. Uh, mistakes in practice. We've talked about that before with running backs. This could be a one week thing. Maybe he missed some routes, assignments, some goes and stuff. who knows? And wasn't on the same page. And this was kind of like a hey, get your things right when Watkins is now back healthy. The one I will say is uh in your 50s, if there is no Keenan Allen, Guyton, Guyton. plays his role more than Josh Palmer does. He actually Guyton plays the Allen role and Palmer's also a rookie, but Guyton would be the play there. And to go deeper, even, look. Uh, this is similar to the Agnew situation early oh, this year. At Treadwell. At what point do we realize? Like, I, he's the number one. He's the number one for Jacksonville. He's better than Marvin Jones.
1: I would go, if I was taking a shot, I still do like Demir Bird. But Brashad Perriman is basically playing the Antonio Brown role in the Bucs offense right now. And for whatever reason, the Falcons are like, look, EJ Terrell. You need to go shadow Brashad Perriman in this game. That's what we need from you. So we did. It was we, like,
2: what? That's how we, that's how we that's how we stopped the Buccaneers.
1: And that's what they did. It didn't work.
2: Uh, no, it didn't work. Uh yeah. Brashad Perriman was intrigued because he was out there almost as much as Evans and Godwin. Uh, but what was it? Will we get three targets in that game and one catch? Yeah, but was t- that what it was? Hey,
1: honest to God, AJ Terrell shadowed him the entire time. I know, time. I
2: know. I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I just. I was just trying to remember off the time. It's not that much that of better, better of a matchup,
1: though. I yeah, mean, I don't know about the, like, without Tredavious White, I don't know how well this Bill secondary holds up against, like, a good pass. That's
2: secondary. fair. That's similar. To go back real quick, we kind of jumped over it. Yeah, uh, you want to talk about like Jarvis Landry, you, you went right past him. He's a great top 30 play. Ugh. Donovan Peoples Jones is either three catches for 100 yards and a touchdown or nothing. Yeah. But they legit this is a week where if you're taking a flyer on these 40s, he's in play. Marlon they, they lost Marlon. I don't does the Ravens even have a secondary. That if anybody missed it, that was the explanation Harbaugh gave for the two-point conversion. It was I like saw. not only was the defense. Yeah, they had no offensive line support in that fourth quarter. They were just getting blown up, as we saw. But the second part of it was the top that he said, I don't know if I had corners to play in overtime. That's how bad things are.
1: I mean, that actually should. I mean, that's and the play was there. Andrews was open. It was just a bad pass. Like they should have won the game on that play. But I I can it was I can get behind that. Like, hey, I don't think we have the horses to run overtime here. We're going to lose. We have a chance to win right now. Let's try to win. Makes a lot of sense no, to I,
2: me. i agree. I agreed with the decision. He legitimately didn't. I think they're gonna have to pull some, I think they're gonna have to pl- pull a wide receiver in and play corner hit that they went to overtime.
1: Sweet. Uh fortunately, uh the Steelers only have two options that they can roll. I guess Friarmuth <laughs> as well. So three guys that they can throw to Yes. So,
2: well, two and a half. Claypool's yeah. toe is oof. Yeah, but it, Ray it, Ray but he, McLeod got more snaps than him.
1: Oh, good for Ray Ray McLeod. I thought he'd be gassed from returning all those kickoffs. <laughs> no. Tight ends no, wasn't. for the week. Uh, Kelsey Kittle, Gronk Andrews, one, two, three, four uh Hawkinson I have Foster Moreau at number six uh big shocker that he had an ultimately disappointing game as the most owned guy on DraftKings but if there's not going to be <laughs> Darren Waller again against Kansas City eighth worst team against tight ends it's a nice rebound spot for him I wouldn't go away from him because the other options just aren't that appealing like Tyler Conklin I like without Adam Thielen he's number seven Fryermith number eight Dawson Knox Kyle Pitts and that's like then it's Dalton Schultz, Zach Ertz, Cole Komet uh evan ingram john bates i have here at number 15 because it looks like no logan thomas i don't think that ricky seals jones is going to play with this hip injury so if seals jones does play we've seen him be a top 10 option so i'd probably boost him up there but if you need like a deep flyer uh bates i think was three for 47 in that game after logan thomas ended up going out so the tight end is just a part of this washington offense regardless of who it is so you know he's a fresh body he's 100 percent available what's that
2: They need it to be. Do you have your pressure rates, by the way, for teams? Because to go back to Foster Moreau, the issue with Foster Moreau last week, and I didn't expect this, I had Foster Moreau inside my top 10, is that Moreau, less than 50% of his snaps, he ran routes. They asked him to block. That's what was killing him in that game. He was still out there a ton, still a ton of snaps, but they just had him sit back and block because, as mentioned earlier in the show, the Washington defense has been playing a lot better, and Washington defense was getting pressure even without Chase Young, and they just asked Moreau to block. He ran, I want to pull it up real quick because I just was looking at that page earlier today. Uh, Yeah, 54 snaps, ran 26 routes. So why I'm saying that is I'm curious what the Chiefs pass rush has been recently and if we have to be concerned about the same thing.
1: Uh, Foster, yeah, Foster Moreau ran a route on sixty percent of the dropbacks from Derek Carr, which is on well, dropbacks on, but on on actual yeah, less passing plays. Yeah, so that's what it was. Uh, routes per snap, uh, you know, fifty three point two. It was it was behind like Noah Fant and Jared Cook. Put it that way, it wasn't good. And we know, now, now that Frank Clark is back. That the Chiefs' pass rush has been a lot better. That's the potential for it to happen. I just feel like. One of the main reasons that Moreau wasn't running as many routes is that game was really close the entire time. If this does play out to right. what the spread indicates, and that doesn't always end up happening, that the Chiefs jump out to a ten nothing lead or a thirteen nothing lead or seventeen to three, he's going to have to run routes because that's just the way it is.
2: It should, but I would play him behind. Eric Fryermuth and
1: Tyler Conklin. That's all. I would just push him down two spots. If people are wondering, in week 13, routes per dropback, the leaders were Kittle, Higby. Higby's always at the top of this list, which is really weird and doesn't do anything. Uzma, Hawkinson, <laughs> Pitts, Andrews, Goddard, Kelsey, Komet, Evan Ingram, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Gesicki. That was kind of not the usuals. Like Fryermuth was no. only 62%, which was strange. And then Gentry was like picking up routes as well, which is never great.
2: I think that was because they were concerned that Firemuth wasn't 100%. But it, wasn't it a concussion, though? It was, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. That, does, uh, that, that doesn't that does seem to add up in that one. Quarterbacks
1: for week number thir- 14, sorry. Kyle- worst place Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> yeah, worst place Patrick Mahomes. I have at number five. I got uh, Kyler Murray at number one. Uh, like you said, when he's healthy, he's the best. Uh, anyway, it was the game he ran the most in too i mean maybe elements played a factor in that but he's two, two passing touchdowns two rushing touchdowns he's good to go brady allen herbert mahomes Dak, rogers lamar kirk cousins Taysom hill it doesn't really like after herbert it, you can start changing these guys around a bit i feel
2: you could and i was gonna say i actually feel safer with lamar jackson and patrick mahomes because at least lamar jackson's still running like lamar jackson has fewer bad games and low scores than Patrick Mahomes does because he's still putting up 50, 60, 70, 80 yards. So uh I crazy as it might sound. Not that anybody has to deal with that situation because nobody has Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, but I would go Jackson before I went Mahomes at, at this point. Um, I mean, like you said, Dak Prescott it, since this missed game. I looked this up yesterday since this missed game. And granted, no Cooper for two and a half games. He's had missing parts and CeeDee Lamb was banged up, but his air yards and downfield throws have taken a hit since he he missed a game. I don't know. Maybe he's not still 100% with that calf and being pushing off that leg and maybe that's why. That's just speculation, just tossing that out there. Um, The only one I would push higher, I would push Russell Wilson higher. I feel like we got... He's almost back. He, he sailed only like two throws in those games. He was so the zip was there. He was hitting a lot of his throws at better than he has this entire since the injury happened. I would play Russell Wilson mostly because it's Houston. I would play him over Burrow and uh, I was the, the rushing upside to Taysom Hill, even when he threw four interceptions, he still finishes a QB one. Yeah. he He's just,
1: 25 fantasy points,
2: <laughs> but he's got a bad foot and a bad hand and a bad every uh, it's, I don't know. It's a gitz. Anyway, I I know. I would at least go Wilson over Burrow. And I would think about Wilson over Stafford. I think about it.
1: I, I always think about putting Stafford even higher than this. I think that like you could make a case Stafford <laughs> over Mahomes if you really wanted to. That five If you really wanted to. That it's... five through like Mahomes through Russell Wilson is just a hodgepodge of you could realistically throw them in any order and not feel horrible about it.
2: Oh, yeah. One extra touchdown from any of them is going to finish number five versus the rest. So, yeah. I mean, Stafford always has the Tom Brady week in him any given week.
1: I mean, he kind of had that last week. What do you would he throw three touchdowns? He last did
2: week? when we thought he was going to die. Like, yeah. <laughs> he came back in the next play. I was like, oh, my gosh, did we really lose Matthew Stafford? But he was OK, thankfully
1: uh, for the rest of them. I think there's a drop off after Russell Wilson. So I have Jimmy Garoppolo at number 14. Just, yes. throw to, just throw to George Kittle every time. And you'll have the best passer rating in the world. It'll be great. Heineke at fifteen. I have Cam at sixteen. If you really want to take a swing for the fences, you could go to. I mean, that's probably more of a DraftKings play than anything. Uh, Fifty four hundred dollar Cam Newton against a bad Atlanta defense. In a like, no it's one so- wants. To, no one wants to use him after how horrible he looked against Miami. Right. This is still,
2: either too high or too low. Yeah, this is not right. Yeah, it,
1: it's <laughs> it's somewhere in the middle. <laughs>
2: somewhere cam is not finishing qb 16 i'll guarantee it
1: yeah it'll be 27 or four
2: (laughs) yep but this is but this
1: is my risk tolerance of where i would want to play him like versus the other guys i
2: think that's fair because after him is pretty ugly too
1: oh yeah then you got Tannehill, bridgewater Carr, ryan baker do we think that baker might be i mean obviously he'll be healthier after not playing last week but like (laughs) could he be like good healthy again I
2: don't even know at this point. Like Baker Mayfield heading into that bye was like the freaking Monty Python night. Like, <laughs> I'm okay. Like, it's still like, <laughs> good God. They were just, I hope so. I, I think we'll have to wait and see reports because, you know, we just talked about it earlier with the fact that they have no safeties. You can make a case for Baker being finishing at least a little higher. I don't know if you'd really want to start him because Tannehill's against Jacksonville. Carr has been. Consistent. He's got the floor. I'd say he's got a higher ceiling than Car and Bridgewater. Those are safer plays.
1: Do you think Julio goes this week?
2: I think they're going to try.
1: I don't think he. I, really I, do. I don't think he's going to make it.
2: I don't think he'll make it. I think they're going to try. I think they're going to do everything to potentially get him out there and try because they still they're still right in the mix of the playoff hunt. Because when all these injuries started to happen, they were at the top of the AFC. So. They still have playoff aspirations. They're gonna try. And AJ Brown's back in two weeks. So what happens if you only get Julio for two games? You get AJ Brown back.
1: It's true. I I mean, I would just continue to leave him out. Like you're playing Jacksonville, you need to be able to be. And they play Jacksonville in Houston. Like they're done with Indy, which is huge for them uh, to keep in the race for the division lead here. If it's not, if Julio sits, would you play any Titans receiver? No, no. Like Uh, West Westbrook Westbrook Akina
2: is more. He's more intriguing if Julio's out there than if Julio's not.
1: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I don't think we need to talk more about, like, Zach Wilson or Davis Mills or Jake Fromm. Jake oh, Fromm no, that, 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 that,
2: that trio of the toss-up at the bottom is super intriguing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> J- Jacob Fromm, Sausage King of Chicago? Uh, I don't think you really want him.
2: The best part about it, too, is Wilson and Fromm are facing super tough defenses, too.
1: <laughs> well, Fromm's not. Fromm's Although the
2: Chargers' past too. defense has started to take a step back. The Chargers' weeks. defense
1: reeks. It's bad.
2: I mean, the run defense
1: is just yeah, but, but, awful. but I, I mean, Feinberg was the one who pointed this out, is that their run defense being so bad just led to everyone running all over them, so it made it seem like their pass defense was good because no one passed on them because they didn't have to, and the team started passing on them. <laughs> that was bad, too. <laughs>
2: So they just suck all around, yeah. is what you're telling me?
1: A very fantasy-friendly environment for the offense. Although, they generate turnovers, which is great. So they're like, they're just... Right, I was,
2: I was just about to say, you still have them number 11 for defenses.
1: Yeah, they should probably... I could go even higher with them in defenses, because they're going to be one of those teams that scores a bunch of points, gives up a bunch of points because teams have to pass on them, but they get so many opportunities as a defense to score fantasy points, and it's kind of great. And their pass rush is still pretty good. I don't know if Bosa's playing or not, though.
2: No, and then watch, Jake Fromm is going to be like uh, Mac Jones, and he's not going to have any turnovers. He's just going to finish 21-24 for like 210 yards, he's, something he's gonna like He's going to
1: finish two of three for 13 yards?
2: Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that really Mac Jones. <laughs>
1: Defenses for the week before we get out of here. I got the Broncos at number one with the Lions on the docket in denver packers vikings titans browns chiefs saints cowboys panthers cardinals even against the rams i still like the cardinals d i got do i have the cowboys in here twice i do because i'm an idiot uh the cowboys are actually at number eight they are not at uh my, i'm reading off my rankings good on the graphics makers for taking them out but it's chargers jags falcons seahawks ravens Bengals. i can just see it now i'm gonna use like the man the falcons at 2900 i thought they would be cheaper than that well, that sucks. I'll end up using, like, the Browns D, <laughs> Panthers D, Jags D, one of these Ds on the so like, just to save all the money. But it's a pretty flat week. Just unorthodox-type defenses this week, I think, is where you want to go.
2: No 49ers?
1: Don't love the 49ers in this matchup as a fantasy D. Yeah.
2: Uh, neither do I. I stashed them for going forward. Oh, yeah. It it's just starting next week,
1: you. you want the 49ers every week. They will be a yes. top 5 D yes. ranked at least every week. 100%.
2: Great week! To, great week to it. grab
1: the Dolphins as well, because uh, they're on by. People will drop them, not realizing they have the second best playoff schedule for a fantasy defense of anyone.
2: Yeah, that's. I was trying to think if there's anybody else. There's somebody else ahead in week sixteen and seventeen that's under sixty percent rostered. Oh, you just talked about the Chargers. They face Houston and Denver. That's pretty good. Sixteen and seventeen.
1: Yeah. I can get. I can get behind that. Let's see here. Uh, the Jags,
2: although they get Kansas City in week fifteen. Ugh.
1: Yeah, but I mean, not everyone's going to have three Sterling matchups. You, that's why you can try to mix a match with two right, defense. So right. the, the Niners and Dolphins, objectively, are the best streaming defenses for the playoffs. They have good matchups all three of the weeks. The Eagles ja- pretty good. The Jags are really good. They get Houston and the Jets weeks 15 and 16 before they play New England, where you just wouldn't play them. But Houston and the Jets, pretty good. Titans go Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami. Like, that's not bad. It's not good. Those are, like, neutral matchups. But they're wildly underowned. owned um, And the Seahawks, D, they get the Rams in week... 15, but then they go Chicago and Detroit. 16, 16 and yeah, 17. Yeah. And then the Saints as well. They get the Jets this week. Everyone will drop them next week because they play the Bucks. but then they go Miami and Carolina week 16 and week 17. So those are pretty good stash defenses as well.
2: Yeah, and then, like I said, the Eagles on a bye. They get Washington, Giants, Washington. That's not bad. Yeah.
1: Although Washington wants to run so much now, that's not awesome for a fantasy defense.
2: It's not, but Heineke is still... As fun as he is, and I love watching him, and hey, getting this team some wins, he is still reckless.
1: Yes. Yes, he is. Quite reckless, actually. Anyway, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Rankings are going to be down in the description. They will be updated the entire time. Jake, let everyone know what you got going on this weekend when your rankings are available.
2: 12.01 a.m. Eastern on Wednesdays, so depending on when you're watching this, it might already be out. And then adjusted points allowed, APA. Damn. Uh, that's what you look at for your matchups and including the playoffs and all going forward. This show, everything, my show, all in football, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, as you know, on Best TV. And then, yeah, that's better. About- oh, I get to, ce- get to celebrate on Holker's show for DFS. I did the Minshew stack. I'm so excited to talk about the fact that I won money on the Minshew stack.
1: Hey, both Millionaire Makers were won by the Minshew stack on DraftKings this week.
2: Nice. Minshew I and Goddard. That. That's, nice. that,
1: that's how, yeah. that was the only way because... I went over, like, the lineup review on the Monday show, and, like, you really did need to, unless you hit on, like, the outlier super cheap player, like Amon Ross St. Brown, then you needed to have Minshew, because it saved you. Like, you needed to have Minshew and Sony Michelle because that was the only way to get access to, like, the really expensive guys who went off, and that was mainly who went off. Like Jefferson. Like Jefferson, yeah. or Taylor, like Taylor was the highest scoring running back. So you needed him. You needed Michelle. That's what they opened.
2: Up. I didn't get Jefferson, but that was the I, the Minshew stack got me open to Jonathan Taylor, and I had Miles Sanders in that stack.
1: Yeah. So Miles. So the biggest mistake you could make was actually having Mixon, because he scored so much less than all of the other running backs around him. Is that he wasn't bad? He scored like eleven points or something. But all of the other running backs outside of Najee Harris, like in like Fournette, uh, what was, it like? It was Fournette, Jonathan Taylor, Eckler, and. There was the best one of the bunch. Who I forget is right there as well. Uh, Madison. And, Madison was Madison. there. Madison. They all scored like over twenty yeah. points. So like that, that cost of taking Mixon meant you didn't have one of those guys. Therefore, you didn't win. It was like in the middle area, like just have. if you, <laughs> had David, you lose. If you had David Montgomery, you were doing great. Right. So. Just, yep. just the way it breaks down. But Minshew allowed all that to happen.
2: And it was super fun for the one week. Now we get to see him fly off into the sunset like Top Gun.
1: I mean, people want to make this a controversy. It's not, As long as Hurts is healthy, it's going to be Hurts.
2: 100%. I'm saying that time and again. And they, earlier this year, we like, what if they bench him at the end of the season and get Minshew in? For what? Hurts is their future. They're not drafting a quarterback this year, maybe the year after this, but this draft class is not the one where you throw the towel in on Hurts, and they're finally designing this offense. Just like Tua. Give him more than a year to develop an offense around him. Like, look at what happened with Lamar Jackson. Give it some time. Hers is still the answer at least for the beginning of 2022.
1: I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the pme on Twitter. You can get early access to the spread pick show along with all of the player by player information and all the cheat sheets in the newsletter, the Mayo Media newsletter that's available in the description, the Pat Mayo Experience listeners' league link on DraftKings now open to 2,500 of my favorite viewers and listeners, and myself and my friends. That is no rake. That link is down in the description as well. In PrizePicks.com code MMN at first deposit, get you a deposit match of up to $100. Highly suggest you go do that and play a $7.11 entry with all five Sunday guys. That will qualify you for the MMN Props Pool and the Props Pool bonus, which you should take advantage of. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next
0: time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.